Picture, like, here's an analogy that everybody can get behind, right? Like, a locomotive steam, like, train on a track, right? Mm. You're in the front car, and that's where the motor is. You're pumping, you're dialed, you're moving, right? And then the next car back is, you know, the skills that you're really good at, right? And each as the cars go back, you, those are skills that you're less and less and less, you know, savvy with, right? So sword making so would picture, be So picture, picture, you know, you get back into the caboose, right? It's something you're just really shit at. Right now, picture that car has its brakes on the whole time. You can go back there, you can spend time there, you can get back and even push if you want to, right? Or you can think about it and just say, hey, what, what if I just popped the pin on this car, left this car behind, and now the, the train's moving with no brakes? Mm. Welcome back to the Alpha Project. <laughs> Oh, we get into today. It. We're doing it I'm right pulled. now. I'm still. Pumping. You know what? We're recording earlier today. Uh, it's kind of like a mid-afternoon, five o'clock something nap time here, and so we're gonna we're gonna do this. And honestly, I think today, I'm down to just shoot the shit a little bit. I'm good. It's for been that, a really man. cool week for me. I've I've really you know have have done. February was tough. February was a was a battle. There was a lot of fires that needed to get put out. You know, it was minus forty. It was tough to go anywhere. Tough to do anything. And I, I was in a bit of a rut. And it's it's tough because you know when you're when you're in like the shit and you're dealing with it for me i go to like what can i do that i can find success at to get out of this right and i've always been very good at, at pulling myself out of that and getting the wheels turning then that in february though it was tough and so this we really week, did we really did just jump off the deep end into the show right we did Jesus oh we're Christ. going to do it we're gonna do it and now honestly oh, this what, about, what happened with the background you see what happens no you know and leave all this bullshit in too this is this the is joys good. of editing yep and the joys of uh content creation go on oh, what was your story man and honestly, those, those so this last week, I really just got very real. Uh, with yourself or with everybody I around you? I got very real with myself, and I I cut some people out that I was hanging out with. Not like not like permanently. Like like I just need some shit. I'm gonna take a week, and I'm going Ooh. to just do the little things. So I'm like I I went home right, and I just like played guitar. Or, you know, which is like red at night. I did see the video. Not bad, eh? Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. You're crushing it, bro. And yeah, and then I was like, okay, and I forced myself to, you know, wake up when the alarm goes off right away, right? I redialed in my morning routine, and this whole week I felt so, like, just peaceful and chill, and everything just kind of started firing and working again, and now everything's just in momentum and turning, and I really feel like I'm not putting, expending a lot of energy to get there because now it's just okay you have you have big mo you have momentum behind you right now which is which is where i'm at so it's cool i'm, I'm excited to do this episode you know what, today you know what we call that we call that big dick energy man. big dick energy <laughs> we in my group we call that bdi i have a friend travis he's a fucking idiot hilarious my best friend and he is not very good at spelling mm. and so he was texting something or we were i was talking. about to say bdi he's, and he said he was once <laughs> it's like, like big dick it. energy and he, he spelled energy with an i big dick energy and so since then in our group it's it's been bdi wow. you're bringing that bdi yeah, Are man. you guys familiar with jo Jocko Willink? Of yes. course, he's savage. One of the big things that he uh, promotes inside of his message is that uh, do it even though it sucks. Absolutely. And even when you're not feeling great, even when it's shitty, even when it's tough, even when it's whatever, just get up and do it anyway. Yeah, the Goggins step attitude too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. The, these are fucking, these two, two guys that we're talking about here are genuine fucking human warriors. Like, mm. the shit of legends that we read about in history texts and you're like, I could never I'd put imagine Bra that. I'd put Eddie Bravo in there too. I'd put, I'd, there's a couple guys I know personally that would mm -hmm. put in there as well, you know, but. You can put any, you can put Arnold Schwarzenegger in that group. For, you can yeah, put Muhammad Ali in that group. Like, right. name anybody. You know, we're talking about, you know, physical beings of just a monstrous ability, right? It, 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 you can dial it back into anything, though. And, and a perfect testament is this week. You know what? It, it's it, I didn't want to do the things, and except I knew, okay, these are the things that I can do that work, right? Mm -hmm. Wake up on time, dial in your morning, work out in the morning before you do anything, you know, meditate, redo the things, just the little things, even for five or 10 minutes a day. And even though I didn't want to do it, just taking the time and just saying, hey, like I sat myself down, self down I'm like, Steve, you're gonna do this, mm. right? You're gonna do this because this is what works. You know this is what works. I'll take it one step further than that, man. I mean, we were talking just before we started recording. We've been recording all day, baby. Well, okay. Well, before we started recording this episode, <laughs> I told you I was like, I was. I went out Tuesday and I got smashed, right? Had spins and everything. Woke up Wednesday, had to be at work all day, right? And I just knew, I knew when I was out drinking, I was have to face Wednesday, right? Regardless. And I got there, I was like, okay, this is going to suck. Suck it up and just fucking pull your pants up, be a big boy and just do it. And even that right there, even though I wasn't, I was just doing menial things at work. I wasn't doing anything. I was doing productive things, but nothing over the top, right? But even that I knew... 
like my legs weren't working, my head was all fuzzy all day, but I knew I was there. I could have take I could have taken off anytime I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I stayed. I had to stay and make sure I was getting things done, even if it was just little things and just picking away at it, right? But that's almost the same energy. If you self-inflicting pain, right, on yourself, you still have to face the consequences of it the next day. Of course. Right? And that's one of the things a lot of people don't do. A lot of people are like, fuck, I'm taking the day. And it starts, it starts when you're doing it. Like, I mean, we've all been there. We've all gone out, you know, the night before knowing we have to do something. And for me, there's a tipping point where it's like, okay, I can go home right now and be dialed for tomorrow. I know that I need to do that. Or I can choose to stay out and I make that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it goes either way. Maybe right? it's conscious or unconscious. And you make the decision when too. I get to the point, I say, okay, you know what? I'm choosing to stay out. That's the first, that's the first point where it's like, this is my choice. This is my decision. I'm doing that. I'm accepting the consequences because fuck, I've signed up for that. Mm-hmm. That's what I've chosen. You know what? I, if I do this, here's the outcome. If I do plant like option B, here's a different set of let's, outcomes. Let's right? unpack that a little bit. Like I can't mm-hmm. complain because I did this to myself. Yeah. Let's yeah. unpack this a little bit. If like, let's say you're making, we always talk about decisions and how to make the right decision, this and that. But, you know, honestly, I make more bad decisions than I do good decisions. I would argue time. there's no and difference between a good decision and a bad decision. Just, all you're doing is you're relating, okay, a certain set of outcomes with right. positive emotions or negative And what emotions. I mean by that, it's all, it's all situational, right? Yeah. So a bad decision for me would going out drinking when I have to work the next day, right? Mm-hmm. That's a bad decision, right? I know, it's, I know it's a bad decision at the time. At the time, though, I'm still not caring, right? But I think there's a big distinction we have to make between guys that make guys that make uh, decisions and then fulfill what they need to fulfill still, and guys that will make a decision and then not fulfill what they need to fulfill. Well, so, this borders on on something that can be really dangerous. I remember when I was younger, me and my brother, <clears throat> we were both like super potheads, smoked a lot of weed. I wasn't really big into drinking, but at some point in my life, I decided I'm not going to smoke weed anymore. But what ended up happening was I ended up replacing one addiction with the other. Mm. Now, the thing is, is if you know me, you'll understand during those periods of my life, I was an addict, but I was a highly functioning addict. Mm-hmm. So me and my brother had this motto, like every time you make those choices, like you make your bed, you sleep in it. That's fine. When you have to face it in the morning, it's like greeting an old friend. And strangely enough, when I quit drinking, um, I quit drinking for like three years just so I could get my my shit together. Your tolerance back and make sure you know what's going on and put right. your head Just straight, get, like get body everything back, in, back shape, in order. Get relationships in straight, all that I had so much shit, health yeah. issues and shit. Like I was, I was drinking myself to death. So I stopped drinking um, and, and oddly enough, I remember probably six months after the time that I decided to quit drinking, the uh, really just missing that feeling of waking up and kind of being out of it. And then, and then struggling through the day getting all the shit done in spite of how dumb you are for making those decisions. I felt, I felt some sense of pride that, you know, in spite of me, you know, trying to kill myself with alcohol, uh, I'm still still here. You know, I still show up. And I mean, granted, I learned a lot of really valuable shit through all of that, which is show up even when you don't think you can. On my sickest days when I was fucking feeling the worst, I always looked good. I always dressed. Yeah. I had a shower. I did my you know, hair. I was, so even I was, though I didn't feel good inside, on the outside, mm-hmm. I felt good. I and, felt the, I did the exact same thing. I was a high functioning addict too. Yeah. And I never felt the, I never felt the, um, the joy of greeting the old friend. Mm. Like when you're hungover in the morning, it was always bad for me. Always. Um, and I used to do this all the time. I, I would get, I would do an eight ball, you know, I'd, I'd do an eight ball and I fucking wake up four o'clock the next afternoon when I had shit to do at 8 a.m. Yeah. Right. And I like never where felt did bad the about day it. Go? And, and all of a sudden, I, I didn't feel bad about it. There was nothing. I, I felt it was like a like a psychopath. There was mm. no emotion to it. I was just like, removed. I'm from like, it. yeah. I'm like, what? Well, whatever. It wasn't my fault. I got high. Fuck it. Right. Yeah. It, it was almost like it was almost like I was reinforcing it in my head, going, oh well, I got high. Oh well, people understand. But I never let anybody. You're else revalidating know. that for yourself. Yeah. And with Devin, I get where you're at because if I were if I was out drinking, you know, I I honestly, there's times I really enjoy being hungover. Like you wake up after a night out. You know, you're like crushing shots all night, and I wake up in the morning like and I'm still hammered. And you're like, and I'm like, oh, everything's night. everything's hilarious right now. Yeah. You know, I get up, you know, making breakfast, and this is like when I don't have anything to do, like on a Sunday or whatever. Right. Waking up, I'm like, okay, I have to go get a pro line and figure out what games I want to watch today during football season. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the expense <laughs> of what I plan to do that day. And everything's hilarious. And honestly, there's times you only wake up hungover and say, this is cool, I'm so down to be here. Um, there's other times, you know, you know, going back to where you said that you could, you know, wake up feeling like shit, and then you were, it was almost like, 
proud of yourself for going through that because you're creating a situation where you know you can give yourself a gold star. However, so flip that around. It's like, hey, why are you feeling like you need to give yourself a gold star? Isn't it, it was so a much easier? Compensation mechanism, right? Even it's like isn't I, it so I knew much that I was ruining my life with my addictions, but then I was like. Yeah, well, justifying it to yourself. Yeah, in spite of that, I still show up every day, and so to me, it just fucking you're made validating, sense. It was you're okay. validating your addiction. You're making the addiction okay. Versus how much easier would it be to just say, "Hey, you know what? I don't need to handicap myself." Like, dude, what if you're a scratch golfer? Right? Mm. I'm not a scratch golfer. I'm a like a 20 handicap, bro. Like, I'm pumped if I <laughs> if I hit 90 on mm. the course. Right? Imagine if I was a scratch golfer and then I decide to go out. I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna throw the first four holes so that I have something to work for. Wouldn't it just be so much easier to just, just to play to at peak capacity? And so, I mean, just so much easier to just be better. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think, and I think it does require like a cliff note here or just a, a tiny little PSA. Like, and by no means are we advocating for you to go and just justify your addictions and it's so just so that you can show up at work the next day and no. do the shit like that but but it does um serve to illustrate that in spite of yourself even when we you know those the self-harm that we do through those addictions or whatever even when we're feeling our shittiest still showing up is kind of a requirement. So remove the addiction all, now. That's, and just the, that's, that's the standard actual, that you hold yourself to. It's right. also it's Put also a strong characteristic life. to have and a strong character trait to hold <clears throat> is that even though you did beat yourself up, you're still going to show up. Yeah. Right. I I I remember consciously making the decision after I'd after I'd passed got, got over my addiction, I was able to change my mind frame, shit like that. And I I was like, I have to do coke again. And I, I was talking to my girlfriend at the time, like, I have to do it again. She's like, why? It's like, you just went through all this. I'm like, yes, but I have to prove to myself that I can do it. That you're in control. And I'm in control of it, right? Mm -hmm. So Isn't I that it. weird? I, I thought I was alone in, in that experience. No, you that's have very to, common. Because I, I had to prove it to myself, right? Right. And, and by doing that, I know now that, okay, I can do cocaine if yeah. I wanted to and not be addicted again because it's a whole different lifestyle it's a whole different mind frame it's a whole different way of looking at the situation right that's not saying I'm going to go out and do it that's just saying that if if it's available I could do it or I don't have to do it yeah. and you have control over that decision which yeah. is really cool and that's in anything right like and you'll you'll recognize and honestly like I said this last week even just you know doing the the little things where I'm like hey I know this works even though I wasn't at my peak game mm -hmm. You know, for the last month or so. Now this week, it's okay. Like, this shit feels yeah. like I don't want to do it. I want to sleep in. Let's be honest, though. Your peak game is 80% higher than the average guy. That's that's for all frame of reference, right? And that's the thing is, like, let's go You're back to golf. compared to what, right? I hold we're myself. Not, we're right. three average Joes. I'm just going to say that... Uh, Mm -hmm. With some level of menial success. Speak for yourself. I'm a fucking legend. When, when you compare King, us kings to move differently. guys What's like that? Us? Yeah. Kings move differently. Kings I love differently. that. I love that. <laughs> See, when you compare that, though, to guys like Jocko Willink or David Goggins, who did Hell Week three times in a row just for fucking fun, uh, that's not something that I've ever even been subjected to. So as just a regular Joe guy, when I show up, I want to make sure that I'm showing up to the maximum capacity of so what I think I'm capable So standards are you playing that to? Because for me, I know who I am at my peak performance. So when I do, and I used to, I mean, when I was in my teenage years and in high school and early 20s, I compared myself to everybody else that I couldn't. I was always like, where am I in relation to this person? And that's such a fucking the external, skewed, the external skewed way of, of measuring yourself. And now today, like, man, I know who I am. I know who I am when I'm showing up at my best, and then that's the standard. I'm either hitting that or less than. If I'm under that bar that I've set for myself, based on what I know is my own capacity, then I have to have a conversation and say, where where am I letting, consciously choosing to not be that person? Right, and I think one fact we have to, we have to actually include in this is that you know what you're doing in your business so well that you could do it in your sleep. For sure. Right. But you also know, like you said, your standards, you know, where your capacity is. So you know when you're falling off, even if somebody else may not notice it, it's within ourselves to notice it. And I think that's a key distinction to make. And this some is, people don't know yeah. what their limit is, right? For sure. And that's the thing with working out all the time. When I first started working out, you know, this is Anthony Robbins again, right? When when your trainer tells you to do 10 reps, what's the one that's going to get you the most results? The 11th rep. The 11th rep. Yeah. Right? So you have to do more than what's expected of you, but also live up to your expectations because the more you do what people, and I say this all the time, I do more, my expectations of myself are so high that nobody can judge me because 
they look at it and they go, holy fuck, he's doing a lot. Whereas I'm looking at it going, I really haven't done anything yet. And this is the craziest thing is as a leader especially, and I've, I've had to teach myself this over the years because you're so right, I can show up at 80%, I can even show up at 60%, and to be honest with you, not a lot of people are gonna notice, mm -hmm. right? But I will. will know. And here's the craziest thing, you know, being in a leadership position and having people that are constantly, that I'm constantly mentoring or constantly training or who are constantly coming to me for, you know, advice or, or suggestions or feedback, right? When you're in a leadership position, I, that, that ratio is amplified even more because if I'm showing up at less than 100%, now ripple effect that out, right? Mm. Now, even though the guys that I'm working with or who are working for me won't recognize that I'm not at 100%, they're now subconsciously being told, hey, it's okay to show up less, right? Mm. Versus if I'm in a leadership position and I'm showing up and bringing it, mm. right, every day, not only does that increase my efficacy, increase my uh, performance levels, it also just ripple effects out and everyone around me is inspired to do more, to show up more, to bring it that extra, you know, five, 10, 20%. Well, right? so the fact that you recognize that you lead the energy with mm -hmm. how much you show up automatically makes you a leader. Mm -hmm. Understanding that when I'm only here at, you know, 50% and, you know, I'm working with Parnell or I'm working with somebody else, I know if I'm at 50%, they're like, oh, okay, I only got to match that 50% and then exactly. I'm good. And so they, their version of 50% is 25% of my 50%. You see what I'm saying? Like exactly. That, and that how compounds. that plays out and compounds into the success that you're trying to achieve. And one day, achieve. it's not going to make a huge difference. What, what the really problematic shit is, is when that happens consistently because then it becomes habit. And then it changes the culture. So now the culture in your organization, in your business, or in your mm -hmm. relationship is to only show up 50%. Then you get away from those core values and everything. Right? And that's when we can, can extrapolate this. We can extrapolate this to relationships, right? Any kind of relationship you want or any kind of aspect of your life, right? You right. Know, Right. There's if, no 50 50 in so a relationship. It's 100 100. Right. So if I if I if I'm in a, if I'm in a relationship, right, I, and, and in fact I've consciously made the switch over. You know, we went through the whole thing. My me and my fiance have broken up, and in my next relationship, I have to show up 100 percent for that person, right? Whether and whether they're going to show up or not, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do the things that I know broke up the last relationship. So I'm going to communicate more. I'm going to show my emotions. I'm going to be there if she needs me. Uh, and you that's know? really reflective. Right? It, it's it's things that guys do that, you know, usually when th when something goes bad, and especially a guy's life, we, we tend to go one of two ways. Fuck it. It didn't mean anything. Or shit, this ruined my life. Right? Whereas, Isn't it crazy it, how that's just extreme one or the exactly. other? Exactly. <laughs> whereas, whereas a real leader and a real person that's actually being self-reflective will look at that and be like, how did I, what is my responsibility in this, right? Instead of saying, this happened to me, so this is what's going to happen now, saying, what did I learn from this? How did I, what, what were my actions that caused this? And how mm -hmm. do I change that for the future? See, it's right? an interesting frame of reference now. And I think that's kind of the punchline here is that comparing myself my successes to Steve and his successes is ridiculous it's I could I could different. easily be less than you know what I'm saying as you know hey, my own version of myself because I look <laughs> at Steve and I idolize Steve and put Steve <laughs> on a pedestal and then all of a sudden there's no way I'm ever going to achieve the things that Steve's done you're younger than me you've accomplished you know, significant things I would just in argue life. it's different shit. And People, when I, yeah, when I measure everything. it to myself, being older and not having it, I've made this such and such a cut. I'm being, I'm no, really so just being. It. Stop that. We had a conversation. No, no. It's not for hyperbole stop. here. Stop. We had a but conversation. But when it's internally measured, when I measure myself today right. against myself yesterday, mm. did I show up the way that I think I want to show up? And then it's up to me to decide. So that's my new frame of reference. And so rather so than healthy. pinging who I am and my value on somebody that. else, cool. I'm pinging it off of my belief of who I expect myself to be. Okay. I And I 100%, I've seen that in you a million times, right? right? There's only been twice where you and I have had to sit down. I've actually had to be like, Devin, listen, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. You think this is the situation when it's really this situation because you've overthought the situation, right? So you have these expectations on yourself 
that may or may not be the truth in the situation, in reality. They're my expectations right? of myself. They're your expectations of yourself, yeah. but you're you're taking that and you're thinking other people are expecting those expectations as well. Right. right? Uh, taking what I have mm -hmm. and um, and extending it to right. as, a, as a lens for other people. Right. So this is the way I see the world. I just imagine that you also see the world that way. Right. Steve would see the world that so way as well. So there's been times where in you, you, you to me and me to you, we've had to step in and say, listen, this is... You're seeing it this way because you hold yourself to high regard and hold yourself to such high standards and nobody else around us hold, well, I mean, the people around us hold themselves up to those high standards, but nobody else in the general public holds themselves to as high standards as what we hold ourselves to. I'm talking you and I specifically now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And Steve's included in this. But when, when, we, when we look at ourselves and try to reflect on that, we just know that our standards are here and we only made it to here. Whereas right. everybody else's standards are here. And we fucking doubled their standards. Yeah. So we, now we have to think, well, fuck, did I disappoint myself or am I just that much better than everybody else now? Yeah. So now we're getting to an ego thing where it's, well, I did I did more than him and maybe I should lower my standards a little bit so that society ex, you know, accepts me a little more and this you're, and that. But you're still pinging externally. And you're still, you're still pinging ex externally, yeah. right? So you're instead of, instead of realizing what everybody else wants from you, you need to realize what you want from yourself. And if you met those expectations, then great. If you didn't meet them, how the fuck are you get to meet your expectations without anybody else telling you that, right? Well, and then in t taking that feedback that you get from that feedback loop, right? Where we test something, we see if it works, we analyze it, and then we try something new. There's a feedback loop that we all have as human beings. Mm -hmm. So looking at like for, for uh, like our business as an example, I look at it like we're, we're all um, a crew on a ship and I need everybody to do the right things. I'm going to hold the wheel and I'm going to turn the wheel this way. But when I do that, the sails shift and the winds aren't hitting us just right. So I need the rope guys to do the rope thing and I need the sail guys to do the sail thing. And so now... I haven't spent much of it, time on a boat, have you? I, <laughs> For real. I don't know how a boat works, but I'm just imagining that Pick a metaphor that like works. <laughs> Pick something you know how to do. So, so when I make that five degree shift because what I can see is we're headed towards a fucking iceberg and I don't want to hit that and sink the now ship. Now he's hitting the fucking Titanic? I want to <laughs> veer a speedboat. in this direction. Watch the fucking sail the Titanic. And it's not a sailboat, by the way. It's a steam engine. <laughs> what, what it means to me is that I, I have to convince all of the people on the boat to do the right things to ensure that we miss so the So how do you do that? that how do you do for. that? And, Th and that was the epiphany that I had. I don't fucking know. So I can tell you this because honestly, I had a phone call. I had an accountability phone call this morning with a buddy of mine from Edmonton, and uh, you know what? He's he's a he's a just a, a bulldog. He's a leader. He's he's as a thoroughbred leader in his field, and and it was really cool talking to him because he is of you know a, a personality of a mindset where he is like the guy that dives deep. He's like, here's the one thing I'm doing. I'm diving really deep on it right? And I'm going to uncover every layer. I'm going to see everything from every possible different angle. And uh, him and I have a, a, a lot of mutual respect for each other because I struggle with doing that. I struggle with, you know, the really deep dives and, and you know, in problems and, and like problem solving, even in, you know, in relationships, like all through my life, man, like I've had friends in every different circle. However, you know, like it's rare to have like that, like two or three, that, that main like ride or die circle, right? I've right. always been able to bounce around everywhere, you know, tons of acquaintances, surface level and same thing with projects or businesses. You know, when I start them, it's like, hey, I want to, I get an idea. And I'm like, okay, I'm an action person. I'm like, I get an idea. I'm already running with it. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas a lot of people say, okay, perfect. Now I'm going to think my way through this. How do I start? What's the best way to go? I'm like, I'm running with it. Yeah. And I'm on step four or five, jumping off the cliff, building a plane on the way down. And then I recognize, oh shit, I've skipped a bunch of steps. Right? <laughs> right. And he was challenging me on that. He's like, you know what? And he's like, I can see where, you know, in relationships that would be pose a problem. Like business wise, it's great because I can start projects. I can get firing. I can get momentum going. And I'm good at networking, so I can bring in the pieces that are missing, right? When you like, when you flip that into a relationship standpoint, I was I was commending him because he does such a good job at just connecting with people, right? Everybody, he just he just does a really good job of connecting. And he, then we realize, oh, hey, that is really easy for people who are that of the mindset to to do the deep dives, right? My business partner, same thing. He's very good at doing the deep dives. He's very good at doing the training and the one-on-ones and the development, right? Versus, okay, if you need a project started, I'm like, okay, hey, I'm going to be the guy to do it. Yeah. 
right? And so it's cool. It's cool to figure that out. And it has to be a balance point of just of just starting to do the thing, and then and then also taking the time to to do the reflections. You know what's weird that you just said that I I literally just took that in, in what's in this room right now. You were the project starter. Devin is the back end guy that does all the stuff. And the, the kind of the, that's like the deep connection, mm -hmm. right? With he, but he's the deep connection with the technology. Mm -hmm. And I'm the easy to meet people guy. Mm -hmm. It's weird how this dynamic always See, And this I, is the I, thing. I relate so much to your business partner. Yeah. In that, when I, let's say I meet somebody like Parnell or whoever, what I see unfolding is okay, you and me, we're working together on a thing. And what I'm trying to do, my ultimate accomplishment, mm -hmm is to see you find the success that you're looking for. So if we're working on a project together, and this is the part that is your responsibility, I wanna see you do that the best as po the best for the best possible outcome. So what is it that you need from me now to empower you to do that? And I know from a top-down perspective, a great deal of what that looks like and it depends on the person so now when when me and him have this really cool idea we start working on it what do you need what do i need okay cool we got this now it's like okay now we hire some salespeople, and the salespeople have to do the salespeople work but inevitably what i see for the salespeople is that they become project managers and they have to find and train salespeople based on the experience that they have and then from there the team and continues to grow and flourish and when i reflect back on me being you know, steering the ship, what I see, and when you said, how do you do that? And I have no fucking idea, but the, the, the way that it looks like to me is that I empower those teams to build the right people. If there's not enough people to fucking pull the ropes, then you manage pulling the ropes and find 10 more fucking people to pull the fucking ropes. And how do I empower you to do that? How do I provide the right resources for you to do mm -hmm. that? How do I so support you So this is the craziest thing about that. that. And this is what's really cool because <clears throat> you need to recognize what you're good at. Now we've talked about this before. I don't spend a lot of energy doing shit that I know I'm not good at. Right. Because it's not fucking effective. I know that there are people around me, right? You have a different set of skills than I do. You have a completely different set of skills than I do. Yeah. Right? Let me do what I'm good at and what I can get into a flow state and have a find enjoyment doing. Let me surround myself with people. Let me finish. Let me yeah, land the course. plane on this. Um, let me surround myself with people who, who are good at the other things. And then, so what you were saying, how do you, how do you find success with a group of people and you don't know how to do it? The secret is you create value that everybody's working towards, right? It's the same thing as like a problem in a relationship. You and I are working together against this problem. Now the problem is, is a third party, right? right. Make the goal, the third party, and then you build value towards the goal because you and I can be completely, can be good at different things. However, we can still be working together to achieve the same thing. And then, then it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter if it's two people on a team, it doesn't matter if it's 10 people, 20 people, 100, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what the project is, how many people you're working with. If you're creating value so that the team has bought into this same goal you're working towards, then you just break apart and you say, okay, who's good at what, right? And we do those things. I like that, you know, we always say this collaboration versus competition, right? You always want, I don't know how the fuck you really phrase it. I think it's something like that. But to be, to be having a collaborative effect within a group. To compete or to collaborate. Right. As opposed to, as opposed That's to. That's the same I'm, thing you just said. Yeah. You just flipped the words around. Yeah. As opposed to, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and you have to do that. But you're going to do the exact same thing I'm doing because I can do it better than you, but I want to see what you do with it. There's no point in that. Like, I just, I, I literally just realized, like, I, I still think, before you just said that thing, I was like, I, I still do the things in my head. Well, I'm like, I'm going to do all the things I'm bad at to get better at them. But I realized I'm not doing that at all. I'm doing the things that I'm good at to get better at those good things. And the things that I'm not good at, Devin is great at. Double and down the on the that, good the things shit. That he's, yeah, the things that he's not good at, I'm great at. And I'm like, that's, and that's, it, it's interesting to do that because I'm always sitting there thinking, yes, I can do the bad things too. I can do the things I'm not good at. But when I try to do the big thing, I get frustrated. I get angry. I get upset. And I call him, he's like, why are you doing it? I'm, I'm, he's like, I could have done that in 10 minutes. I'm like, well, fuck you, I've been working on it for 10 hours. <laughs> so then picture, like, here's an analogy that everybody can get behind, right? Like a locomotive steam, like train on a track, right? Mm. You're in the front car and that's where the motor is. You're pumping, you're dialed, you're moving, right? And then the next car back is, you know, the skills that you're really good at, right? And each as the cars go back, you, those are skills that you're less and less and less, you know, savvy with, right? So sword making so would picture, be my picture, you know, when you get back into the caboose, right? It's something you're just really shit at, right? Now picture that car has its brakes on the whole time. You can go back there, you can spend time there, you can get back and even push if you want to, right? Or you can think about it and just say, hey, what, what if I just popped the pin on this car left this car behind and now the word the train's moving with no brakes mm. 
right? And when you think about that, it's like, okay, this is so cool. And when your example, you know, with the salespeople in your vision, okay, I hired a salesperson, they recruited the business, they created the projects. Now their responsibility is to uh, find and train and manage a team of people. I would challenge you that that's a terrible idea because that salesperson probably isn't very good at managing and recruiting and motivating people. Right. Right. And, and who knows? They and might that's be. It, right. You and might have to, at that point, say so you're just going to be a salesperson, right? And then you're going to find people and say, okay, this is how teams grow. This is how societies grow, right? This is how relationships grow. So everything grows. Yeah. Synergistically is you find people who are good at what they're doing and you work together, you collaborate and you put people into the spots that they're very good at. I'm going to add to that. I do agree with you hundred percent on that, but I also think that challenging each other is actually how real growth is made. Um, and what I mean by that is challenging each other in a common goal. Right. So he's good at what he's good at. I'm good at what I'm good at. There's a common goal and that's to challenge. Now, if we can beat that challenge together, then great. Of course. Right. Um, and having having people all attack things at a different angle because that's how they know how to attack something is the easiest way to knock down a challenge. Ten ideas on coming up with how to solve to, to get a solution is way better than mm -hmm. one. Absolutely. And it's cool. It's very cool. And it's it's a very, you know, it's a very interesting concept. I had something really good that I was to say, oh, OK. Um, Point at me, point back at you. This is all very good stuff. The hey. one time that that it <laughs> is really beneficial to, you know, work on the low points is in your personal life because you know we can we can all agree that there's different areas of our life. Like and we can break it down, let's go into into four, like money, professional, right? Mental, mental awareness, you know, mental health, spiritual health, um, and physical health, physical health right? right? So like mental, spiritual, emotional, and and like career based, right? Mm -hmm. Where are you at with those? And oftentimes it's better to say, where is my weakest, right? And I'm going to put all of my energy into bringing that up. Because if I'm like, you know, eight out of 10, eight out of 10, eight out of 10, four out of 10, that four out of 10 area is dragging me down and yeah. it's affecting everything. So I had this conversation with a girlfriend of mine actually on the weekend. And because she's, she's a go-getter, she's a hustler. She's a bunch of shit on the go. And her and I are very similar where it's like when we're crushing it, we're absolutely crushing it. And when we're not crushing it, we're really not crushing it. And she said something super insightful to me. She's like, we can get as good as we want to. However, it's not until and everyone wants to, you know, raise the roof. Like, what's the next level? She's like, stop doing that. She's like, raise your floor, right? If you can go from here to here, what happens if you can go from here to here, right? Mm. You raise your floor up so that your minimum now becomes an eight out of 10. Well, and this actually circles back around to when you start paying attention to how much you put into something incrementally over time, regardless of, of whether you're showing up 50% today or 100% today, on the days that you show up only 50%, let's examine what the alternative to that is. Let's say you show up 0%. 50% still beats fucking 0%. Absolutely. 10% still beats 0%. Absolutely. So, Doing anything at all doing anything, trying and failing, trying and getting nowhere, you're doing more than 99% of the population. That's fucked. <laughs> you just just, just by doing something, just by up. putting your shoes on and walking out of the door and doing something new. Like honestly, <clears throat> just by walking out of the door, going for a run, say like, you know, yep. you talk on this, like, running 10K doesn't happen overnight. Running a marathon doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you can't run down the block. Mm -hmm. However, getting out and running down the block and getting to your fail point, and then getting back and doing it tomorrow, that's a sign you're of not, a winner. You're, ne you're never going to do um, extremely complicated math in your second grade in school, right? You're never going to be able to run a multi-billion dollar business if you just quit a, um, a minimum wage job, right? There's always, there's always that next rung of the ladder to get to. There's always skill sets you have to bring and, and collect along the way to go up, right? If you look at a little analogy, you know, if you look at how the pyramids are structured, right? There's always that the, they, I don't know if you guys know this on the on the pyramids they used to have a copper or bronze cap on them. Mm -hmm. right? To get that cap up there took a collaborative effort, right? Of it's aliens. A, uh, yeah, right. Pyramids were built by <laughs> pyramids were built by aliens. Let's all, all right, that's let's it all for get the show. on, let's we'll all get on the same page about this. <laughs> <laughs> but to get that top cap, to get that bronze cap, the rest is just stone, right? To get that top cap up there, it takes collaborative effort of thousands, tens of thousands of people. And aliens. To, and aliens. To, or one alien ship. To, to level, to level uh, the, the foundation. To build the first layer of blocks or bricks, right? To have the structural integrity on the inside to keep those, the tombs, 
right? And it takes everybody doing their job in a specific order before that top cap can go up. Those are all skill sets in building. So if it's one person building a pyramid, he's got to collect all these skill sets to build that pyramid to finally get to the bronze. See, something mm. that I would argue, and this was something that stuck with me for a really fucking long You're time. You're wrong! When I was younger, this guy that I was working with, um, we, we had a really great working relationship, and then one day he just thought that he knew everything, and um, he said... You you played the genius while I ingeniously played the fool, and he and he added in a couple of extra quips in there that that again they just fucking attached to me and I couldn't ever let them go. He said, "You're a jack of all trades, but a master of none, and that's why you're never going to go anywhere with your life." And so these things I carried with me for a really really long time, until I met somebody accidentally on LinkedIn. Uh, shout out David Schmeichel from the Gist Life. This was the guys that I met um, uh, for the. Uh, mastermind that I was a part of whatever so he put a post up on LinkedIn and he said that's only half of the saying jack of all trades a master of none there's there's an entire other half of that saying that nobody ever fucking talks about and he he told me it he said it's a jack of all trades a master of none but oftentimes better than a master of one and hmm. I didn't know that when I learned that it changed my perspective on life. I had been boxed in my own box. It's my own doing, but my own box of I'm a jack of all trades, so I'll never be good at anything. But what I didn't realize was I'm actually really good at a lot of things. Maybe not perfect. Maybe I'm not the best graphic designer out there, but have you seen that fucking logo, bro? It's very good. This is fire, all right? That's all I'm saying. I so, might not be the best web design so guy. I might not be the, although sound engineering, I could argue I'm the top 1% in this fucking city. So that's, but, well, <laughs> but a jack of all trades, maybe I am. A master of none, maybe that's true. But I'm oftentimes better than a master of one because I know all of the intricate workings of all of the different aspects of what it's going to take to do a bigger goal. And that bigger goal yeah. is, for example, our media company. So I'm, I'm glad you got, I'm glad you got to the place where it was like, you know, I'm not boxed in anymore. Yeah. I heard that, not the same saying, but it was pretty similar. I heard when I was a kid, uh, Renaissance man, right? You know, it's just a jack of all trades, got to kind of know, master of none type thing. Almost the same saying, right? So you're going to be a Renaissance man. I asked my dad, I was so young, I remember I asked my dad, what does that mean? He said, he said, yeah, it's just a guy that, a guy that knows a lot about a lot. So that was my framework. A guy that knows mm. a lot about a lot. Yeah. I went, okay, I want to be a renaissance. And isn't that more powerful? So when I, when I, growing up the whole time, I was like, I, I, I knew I was smart. I knew I had, I knew I had some skill sets that nobody else had. I knew, I, I knew the things I was good at, but I wanted to be good at the things I wasn't good at. But I also enjoyed the things I was interested in, but I wasn't good at. Yeah. So I practiced those and got better and better and better. And that framework was, oh, I'm not boxed in. This is me living life as best as I can. If I'm going to go play, like, I was having this conversation with somebody earlier today, and I was like, you know, when I was 14 years old, I was scouted. I was playing baseball and I was scouted. The only reason I wasn't picked up was because I was like 100 pounds overweight when I was 14. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you can either lose the weight and you signed or not. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to take the time and effort to fucking do that because who knows, right? Mm. And, and that right there was one of the things I was like, okay, I got really good at doing something when I wasn't physically supposed to be able to do that. So that right there reinforced that of, oh, I can still do this even if somebody else says that I can't do it. Just so, takes practice. So everything, yeah, so everything else was here. Learn this and then learn this and then learn this mm -hmm. and then learn this. And all of a sudden you put all those skills together and you're way better than somebody else that's trying to do it but doesn't know what they're doing or has learned how to do it somewhere else, right? You, you're just as skillful as that person yeah. that has the formal training or that has the more, that's more intelligent or the person that is skinnier and can run the marathon. You know what I mean? It, yeah, but that skinny guy probably it, can't do a deadlift 300 pounds. Right. You know, so <laughs> there, there's, there's certain, when, you, when you start thinking about it in these, in these different conceptual ways, you start thinking to yourself and when you start actually realizing it for yourself that you can do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it, but you also have to practice, get better, learn your faults, move forward. This is so interesting. So doesn't that then point at the proverbial why? Then why do it? Why do anything? Because really? What's the, what's really the purpose of life boring. right now? That's what we're getting into? No, no, no. Just, well, if, if you, every day you got to wake up and show up, like for what? Okay. For fucking what? Okay, what are you so doing it for? again, my question, why are we even alive then? 
You can you can circle it all the way back to that. Uh, I and everybody's probably got their own philosophical version of what this means, but I my is belief is easy. that we're Close here mine. to experience what we experience, and we're the drivers of what that oh is. That's <laughs> here's, here's, a canvas, here's a canvas and a paintbrush. Go. Yeah, my my meaning is, dude, I'm just here to experience the ship, have fun, yeah. and go. And then it's really crazy to think, okay, how, if that's my purpose, to have fun and experience, doesn't that come with both positive and negative connotation? So then why the fuck are when negative shit comes up or when problems come up, like even on this phone call today with my buddy, I was telling him about. I was telling him about what the, the shit that I was dealing with, and it was it was you know real like shit. And he is a, he's a, a leader in business and and in life. And I told him everything that I had to jump through hoops and the problems that I had to navigate. And he stopped talking for a full minute, and he's like, "Dude, I have never even been close." to that level of having to deal with all those things. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. And at that point I was like, oh fuck, I knew how to do it. And I was like, I knew how to do it. And it was just like, it wasn't like, oh, this fuck this is happening. It was like, this is just what's happening. I know how to go through it. This is how I need to handle just it. To and it was like, go, 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 just go. Just to unload it onto somebody else and say, this is what I'm have to deal with. And no, and I just dealt with it. I yeah, just then, did but it. Then you just it out. Even, but a guy you respect and a guy you, you, totally. that you know is in the same kind of thing. And he's like, you know what? I don't know how to do that. It was really cool testament to me because honestly, I, that was that was a good framework, you know, to to say, okay, here's a point in time, a snapshot in time, you know, and I'll look at you know five years ago, Steve wouldn't have a fucking clue, right? And now my my life situation has changed. You know, I've succeeded a whole lot in the last five years. Mm -hmm. I've built a whole lot in the last five years. I've created a whole lot in the last five years. You know, people look at me and they say, hey, you've got a pretty good life, Steve, right? And that's because. I've taught myself how to do these things. I've gone through these problems before. I've figured out how to do it. I've created more value in myself. So now when these problems come up, I'm the guy who gets to deal with them. And it's not a, oh, woe is me. Fuck, I have to deal with these problems. I, it's I like, get, I, I get, get to deal with these problems because no one else can fucking deal with these. You know what's awesome? Is and that, that's why it shit comes around and that's when shit happens. I love that. You know, there's there's always this thing, and I, I say it all the time. Actually, I just posted it on Facebook, I think today or yesterday. You know, the people that say, oh, must be nice, right? The must be nice people versus the get shit done people, right? Must be nice people will say, oh, it must be nice to have the house and the cars and the money and the girls or whatever the fuck their standard of nice here's, is. Here's the key for 24 yeah. hours in my world, I'm like, bud. And, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, great, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna <laughs> go for it, you, you go for I it. I look at them and said, everything I have, whether it's good or bad, is because of my choices and what I've done. It has no bearing on you. Totally. So how the fuck dare you Say must be nice to me, like I didn't work my balls off for it. You chose know. to be a little bitch and not fucking. They don't do know, it. and that's the thing because they're comparing to you, and those are people who are externally pinging. Exactly. So this whole thing, you know, when when you know, my definition of life is to experience and have fun and just go through the things and do the things and create memories. Those come with positive and, and negative times. You right. know, you, there's good times and there's bad times. Don't run from the bad times. Face them. Do the thing. And honestly, and I was don't watching. Complain, I don't was, complain don't about the bad times. We just handle. Put your fucking head down and, and just do, do the shit. Yes. It might it might suck. You know, keep the people in your corner who can motivate you because you're gonna need it. Just put your head down and do the shit. And to the extension of that, I was watching. I was watching WandaVision earlier today. Marvel, bless, so good. And Vision is, has, has a line in this episode. And I'm out of this conversation. And he's just like, because he's talking about like love and how like people you have loved and lost, like people have died, right? And like when you're grieving, when you're grieving for somebody who you've lost and he puts it into perspective and he says, so if love is showing up as love, positive emotion, and then you lose that person and now you're grieving, isn't grief just an extension of love? Absolutely. I was like, whoa, that's totally true. So now you can extrapolate that into, you know, every negative emotion and say, isn't this just some extension of a positive emotion, whether you had something and you lost it or you didn't achieve what you got your hopes up for? So isn't it all just the same thing? Just how we choose to perceive that? It highlights your ability to choose your perception of it. And the faster you can take a negative situation, say this is tough right now, however, it's tough and it's not tough in that shit, it's tough and it's an opportunity from the world, from the universe, for me to learn something. And to grow as a person. Then you get up and you face it and you put your shoes on, you walk out the door and you face it and you do the little things. My last week, the whole last week, just got back to basics. Doing the little things that work really well. Mm. 
Within a week, man. It's just like everything's perfect. Everything is dialed right back on track. 47. That was close. (laughs) Well, and I think what's crazy about it too is it, it points back to another thing that we keep touching on as a common theme, and that's you're only entitled to the experience, not the outcome. I love that. And that means that you have to maximize that experience. You have to take all of the things that come in line with that experience. The positive if you want, right? if you want to run a hundred million dollar company, you got to be able to deal with a five hundred million dollar fucking lawsuit from a competing company who thinks that you've infringed on something. You have to be able to stand up to all of the criticisms that comes along with being. And I'm going to use Jeff Bezos as a fucking example here. The amount of shit that gets thrown at him. Do you think he gives a fuck what anybody thinks? Definitely fucking not. But let me also just let me also just highlight the fact that he literally solved the world's logistics problem for us connecting our commodities with each other. If you want fucking toilet paper delivered to your door in an hour, in an hour, <laughs> there's an app for that. <laughs> and he fucking not just him by himself. I don't know about that. He I ordered sunglasses six weeks ago. They're still sitting in Shanghai. You probably ordered that's it off of Wish, bro. That's sh- your fucking... <laughs> that's a Shanghai. Sounds like a Shanghai you probably <laughs> See, I think Amazon is Wish 3.0. Like Wish being the fucking... You have to wait six years to get your shit when you order it. But Amazon's done a fucking pretty phenomenal job of figuring out how to get you what you want when you want it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, let's look at some of the other fucking problems. We didn't know and realize how important technology was going to be in our lives, but naturally, evolutionarily, it became a fucking main staple. We're cyborgs now, walking around with an extension in our pockets of technology that we interface with. So that was an inevitability. It solved a really fucking big problem, which was access to knowledge, uh, ability to compute quickly, Creating networks of people can for, I, can for I social, this? yeah, dude. Okay, so I mean, you, you can talk Jeff Bezos and all the guys that are way up in you know um, crazy social circles, billion and, and trillionaires, known by millions and, tr- and <laughs> yeah. millions of people, right? Billions of people, however you want to fucking say, you know. And you can look at a guy like me who's known, who's known by way less than that, yeah, right. Um, or or take you, who's known just for his music, right? There's certain obstacles we've had to overcome. Uh, personally, me being the hate that people spit at me because of my opinions on something, right? Right. Or, you know, the the rapper comes at you because he didn't like that beat or doesn't like your marketing plan, whatever it is, right? There's always going to be people that don't like what you do, right? There's And there's varying degrees of that. They yeah. can either, they want to kill you or, ah, it's okay, bro, we'll try it next time, right? What you need to do is treat both of those examples the exact same way. Right. Like it doesn't fucking matter in the long run and i don't mean that by i I don't mean that like oh we can't fix this problem we're not going to solve this issue i'm not going to talk to this person because he hates me i'm not talking anything like that i'm saying you have to brush it off just like you would if the guy was like hey man i love this because there's a lot of people that support what you're up to as well they're just not as boisterous as the people who hate what you're up to people that are hate will be louder than anybody else you will ever face in your life and if you have no idea how to deal with that you're never going to make it farther than where you are now trust me on this one it was one of the biggest hurdles i ever had when the one of the first episodes we did when we released it i off the first episode i got 600 emails 600 Because I released, released three episodes, one on abortion, one on transgender issues, and I think the other one was on, I can't remember right now, but it was, we released all three at the same time, and I literally got 600 emails, Yeah. and I said, okay, I don't know how to deal with this. We're shutting this shit down for a month until I can realize what's going on. Right. And we didn't record to catch up to catch up with that information because it's right. an information overload. And to and to learn myself and to and to explore other people and to talk to other people that have been in this position. Right. Mm-hmm. I talked to some of the friends that are semi-famous and this and that. And I'm like, how did you deal with this and how did you deal with that? Because subjective experience is just subjective. But if that subjective experience is shared with somebody else, yeah. then you can actually model how they got past it and how they succeeded past it, right? So you can learn to 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 maneuver your way through these things. And if you gain the skills along the way, then great. If not, you're going to fail. When I started into music, I was like 14 years old. So I didn't know where that path was going to take me. I knew that music was interesting to me. But I also knew that there were other things that are interesting to me. There's shit that I like doing that's Mm -hmm. outside of making and promoting my own music. And that's awesome. Part of that is helping other people make and promote their music. Mm -hmm. On top of that is supporting people around me who have other endeavors that just don't 
that aren't there aren't in the music world. Like my sister, for example, she wants to pursue her influencer thing with with her um, fitness and, and personal training and shit like that. And there are other people in my lives, like my brother and his Pokemon cards, and you and me in the media company, and you and you know the car business. Like all of these, these are people that fucking matter to me. So I feel like it's my fucking job in life to take what I learn and share it with other people and teach those other people and help those other people achieve their fucking goals because that provides me with meaning in life. Literally why we're doing this show. That's value to me, right. So if I start off by, by helping people create brands for their music and promote themselves and whatever the fuck else, and then I wanna go and I wanna make a, start a marketing agency, the people who were in the music world don't understand that. So the people in the music world don't believe in themselves and their own fucking abilities, let alone what the fuck I'm capable of. And so their immediate reaction is to project their feelings onto me. And this is the reference that you made. The one fucking guy when I was like, yeah, we're going to start Seven Tree. This was two fucking years ago. And he made this comment on Facebook. When you fail at music and have to start a marketing company. And that's not even the fucking case. Am I dead yet? then I haven't failed at anything. Do I still make music and put it out there and promote it to the best of my abilities? Yes, which means I'm still on my own fucking journey. Mm. And it has nothing to do with anybody else's journey. If you should so happen to choose to be inside of my community and network and whatever the fuck else, you get access to this mm. plethora of fucking, a wealth of knowledge and information. That's your fucking bad now. But guess what? I don't actually, I don't, accept that as hate what i actually accept that is like i feel bad for that person mm. and their limiting beliefs and their lack of education and their lack of ability and ambition and yeah. whatever the fuck it is i feel like that person's hurting so fucking bad yeah and mm. i feel bad for that person i had i had to, have, I had to have a conversation with you because the same the exact same person was bagging on me um online passive aggressive you know and I'm just like, you know what, man? You are a sorry. I didn't say anything to him. I just let it go. I didn't want to say anything. I really wanted to address it. And he said, you know what, man? He's like, how do you really feel about this? I said, losers focus on winnings and winners focus on winning. Now losers it. focus on winners and winners focus on winning. Yes, sir. And this is cool. And this is probably an okay place to, to leave this off at because I think we can do a full episode on, on success. And I think that we can do a full episode on fear because ultimately the way I look at it, all failure is a result of fear in some capacity. Right. Mm -hmm. So what we'll end this on today, there's a poem um, by Rudyard Kipling. It's called uh, To Be a Man or something like that. Mm -hmm. I am paraphrasing here. And one of the lines is, if you can face... Fear and success and treat both of those imposters the same mm -hmm. because both of them are both of them are fake. Then the following, then you are a man and the earth is yours. And it's like it's it's crazy because you know what? Fear totally made up. Success totally Perceptive. made up. Perceptive. Perceptive. It's, it's all, all perception. it's all perception, it's all image. If you can face both of those things with the same outlook, with the same drive, with the same gusto, and you know what? not blow up your ego over your wins exactly. celebrate them yeah. don't don't blow up your egos over your wins yep. don't let it define you though right. on the flip side don't get in the rut over the over your fears don't let your fears control you mm -hmm. then you are a man and the earth is yours i like it peace out we out this motherfucker